Well, you know, today I'm going to give you an abbreviated just moment uh, here, and then we'll, we'll be dismissed. But coming off of Thanksgiving, the Lord had laid on my heart about speaking about the, the fact that God has blessed us. And why does God bless us? He blesses us to be a blessing. And so that's what I have, have wanted to talk about today is, is simply blessed to be a blessing. You know, a lot of times when um, people think about at the beginning, when God created everything, they always think about what happened at the fall. They always think about Adam and Eve and the sin and then everything that happened there. But, you know, what God's Word says is that prior to the fall, there were some really cool things going on. And God was doing some blessing. And, in fact, God takes the lead when it comes to blessing us. He really does. God takes the lead. If you go back and look with me in, in, your, in your scripture in the Bible back in Genesis, it says that in Genesis 1, uh, 22, that God had created a lot of things, and he created the birds of the air and the, and the fish of the sea and all of that. But it said that God blessed them. So God blessed his creation. And then it goes on down, and it says in verse, um, I believe in verse 27 and 28, it said that God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. But notice verse 28. It says, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So what we see right off the bat in the Bible is God's blessing. You know, so think of it from that standpoint. God takes the lead. God takes the initiative to blessing us. And so why does he do that is a good question. You go on down through the scriptures and you see where in Genesis chapter 22 where God was dealing with Abraham and he blessed Abraham. And Abraham went up to offer his son Isaac. And if you turn there with me in, in Genesis 22, I'll show you real quickly what God did. And he said these words to him in verse 16 through 18. He said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because of what you have done. You have done this thing, and you've not withheld your son, your only son. In verse 17, Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens, and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. And notice this in verse 18, I got it circled. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be what? Blessed. In your seed, in the seed of Abraham, in the seed of Isaac, in the seed of Jacob, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Why? Because you have obeyed my voice. Well, Abraham did what God had told him to do in the offering of his one and only son. And you know, it's interesting, even in that text where Abraham did have Ishmael, but he called Isaac his one, his only son. And he was, um, he was willing to offer him that day. And you know that God blesses the nation of Israel. He's blessed them. And he goes on to say, and if you look in Genesis chapter 27, in verse 29, he, he gives a, a statement here about the blessing that goes down into the descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he says to them, Cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. That's in um, Genesis 27, verse 29. So I'm sharing all those verses to say this. 
even the nation of Israel. Do you know why it's important to bless Israel? Because God says, blessed are all those who bless you, and cursed are all those who curse you. And so I would say that if God has blessed his nation, Israel, which he has, is, is wise on the part of all the nations of the world to make sure that you don't go against the blessing that God has put upon his, his people, the people of Israel. And so if God has blessed them, and he has, he said, blessed will be all those who bless you, but cursed will be all those who curse you, in speaking to the nation of Israel. And so that's important, y'all. To know, but that blessing is in the Old Testament, and it keeps flowing. And and this this time of the year, as we get toward Christmas, the blessing continues in the New Testament. I don't know if you remember the story in Luke chapter one, but Elizabeth was with child, and she was old, and God had blessed her, and she was past the age of bearing children. She was Mary's cousin, but she was going to have her baby, and that was going to be John the Baptist. But notice the words, if you turn with me there in, in the Luke's Gospel, chapter uh, 1. It says there in Luke's Gospel, the blessing that came from Elizabeth's mouth toward Mary. In verse uh, 42, it says, And she cried out with a loud voice and said, he, she was speaking to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She was speaking to Mary, Elizabeth was, about, listen, Mary, of all the women in the world, you're the most blessed. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She was speaking of Jesus Christ being in the womb. Notice down in verse 45 of Luke chapter 1, it says this, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. So what we see there is that Mary believed when the angel appeared to her and said, listen, you're going to have a child. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to have, give birth to a child. And that child is going to be the Son of God. And you remember what Mary said? She said to the angel, she said, may it be done unto me according to your word. And so because Mary had believed, Elizabeth is proclaiming right here, Mary, blessed are you because you believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to you by the Lord. And so, you know, that Mary was what, a teenage girl? And she was being told, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And you have no relations with any man, but there's going, you're going to have a baby without any relation with any man. And Mary believed it. And because she believed it, her cousin Elizabeth said, listen, you're blessed because you believe the word that God gave to you, Mary. And she did. And so that blessing continues. And you know, in the book of Acts, it says this. Paul was uh, making a statement about Jesus Christ himself, and he said this. It is more blessed, Jesus said it, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, so why does God bless us? Why does God bless us? Does he bless us for whatever reasons, or does he just bless us for the sake of blessing? I'm going to give you some things real quick. God blesses us for the purpose of us blessing others. It's that simple, church. 
God blesses us for the purpose of blessing others. Are you a blessed person? Are you? Have you received the blessing of God in your life? You think about it. By receiving that blessing, it's not yours to just keep. It's not yours just to hold on to. It's, the reason we are blessed is in order to be a blessing to others. It's been said this way. God doesn't bless us to raise our standard of living. Okay? God blesses us to raise our standard of giving. That's a pretty good statement, isn't it? God doesn't bless us just to raise our standard of living. God blesses us, y'all, to raise our standard of giving. Then the more we have, the more he wants us to bless others. And the more we bless others, guess what? The more God blesses us with. And you, you, it's just like an overflowing well. You can't outgive him. And you try to, but he just keeps heaping that blessing down upon us. So there's some things that I want to say to you that God does not bless. And it's, it's real simple. There's three of them. God does not bless greed. Have you ever known anybody that's greedy? Don't look at your spouse or, you know, don't, don't turn to look at them. Uh, you know somebody that's greedy? You know, you might say, well, I know somebody that's tight with their money, but greed. Greed is hoarding things in. Greed is saying, oh, give me, give me, give me, give me. You know, I, I love, I read the proverb just this week. It said, the leech has two daughters. You know what the name of the leech's two daughters are? Give and give. That's a proverb. Give me, give me. <laughs> That's what their names are. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? But God does not bless greed. God does not bless disobedience. He can't. He's a holy God. And God does not bless laziness. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he doesn't what? He doesn't eat. If he doesn't work, he doesn't eat. And so, you know, I know that there's people that do need help. But if people are willing and they are able-bodied and they don't work, then the Bible says that's lazy. And Proverbs are full. It says, you go by the field of the lazy man and his field's all grown up with thorns. You wonder why we cut the church property out there and keep it looking good? It's because we're not lazy. We don't want people to look over there and say, man, that place is just run down and just grown over and nobody's taking care of it. Nope. Uh-uh. You work. You work. The reason you get up and you go do your things around your workplace is because God blesses that. But if God doesn't bless greed and doesn't bless disobedience and doesn't bless laziness, what does God bless? Instead of greed, he blesses generosity. Being generous to others. Being given to others. Do you know there's a promise in the Proverbs that say that if you give to the poor, the Lord will pay you back? It says it. Right there in the Word. We just sung a song that says God's promises are true. God cannot lie, can he? And so if God says if you give to the poor, he's going to pay you back, then you can rest assured God will do it. So being generous, that's what God does bless. Being obedient, that's what God does bless. He blesses obedience. And the blessings keep going. And then the, instead of laziness, God blesses a labor of love. I can't tell you, this past week, uh, Canaan and I were out there at the church property, and we got the final, I, I hate to say this, the CO on the pavilion. 
But we didn't tell the inspector we'd already had an event out there, you know. I guess it's, it's easier to get forgiveness than it is permission. But, but anyway, we got the final approval. But, you know, as Canaan was already there talking to the fellow, and um, when I pulled up, the inspector, he looked at me, and he was under the pavilion. I was right there at one of the trees just getting out of my truck. And he said, Preacher, there's only one problem with this thing. I said, what's that? He said, it's not over at my farm. That's what he said. And I said, well, you know what? That's a good problem uh, to have then. But he had already passed it. But he, he said this. He said, he said, that is just a beautiful thing that y'all put together over here. But you know what I see it as? I saw it as a labor of love. And you know, every time you go out the door to go to work, men, for your family, to go to work for your family, ladies, every time you go out that door, you know what that is? That's a blessing. Why? Because that's a labor of love. But you know, a lot of times we don't think of it that way, do we? We think, oh, Lord, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. We kind of think that way. Instead of, you know what, Lord? Man, I get to go to work today. It's not I have to go to work. I get to. And I get to be a blessing today. And you've blessed me with this opportunity. You've blessed me with the ability to get up. And I'm trying to think clearly, but you've blessed me with this mind. And you know, everything can change quick. We, had, um, we have something that's in our home because of what has changed in a family. There was a guy that was in real estate making $800,000 a year. A year in real estate. And you know what? He ended up having a stroke. And because he had the stroke, he was in his 30s. And he ends up having a stroke. And because of that, the family had to downsize and go through and get out of the bigger house and get into something smaller. But here's a fellow now that would have never thought something like that would have ever happened in his life. But one day, he's out there working, making 800 something thousand dollars a year. The next day, he's had a stroke, and he's dealing with months and months of therapy. And I tell you, that's life. But you wouldn't ever think that that kind of thing could happen to you or at, or at some point. But listen, the blessing of being able to get up and to have the ability to go out and be a blessing is a gift from God because it all can change in a moment. And what, what blessing I do see is this, that God is with us. And not only is God is with us, God is for us. And also, God is in us. He's with us every step of the way. He's promised, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he's right now with Brother Gerald and Miss Carolyn. As they go right over there to Athens, to that hospital, God's with them. He'll never leave them. He'll never forsake them. And you know what? We get an opportunity now to be a blessing to them. Miss Carolyn rode in the ambulance, so we get to bless them. Somebody's going to take a vehicle over there for her and to take care of But see, that's the family, y'all. These are blessings. Every time we get an opportunity to bless, we bless. And we don't curse, we bless. God's with us, God's for us, and God is in us. So ultimately, God has blessed us to be a blessing. 
So what I want to ask you is this. How can you be a blessing? What about at your home? How can I bless my spouse? How can I bless my children? How can I be a blessing at home? How can I bless my parents? How can I bless my family? That's what I wanted you to be thinking about. That's your home life. How can I be a blessing? Whether it's cooking, whether it's cleaning, whether it's caring, whatever it may be, how can I be a blessing at home? One of the things that I love that, that happened, Angie bought it, but Anna put it up. And as you enter into our home, it's right over the archway, and you might not ever even see it. You might not even know it's there. But it says this, bless this home and all who enter. So you may not even know it, but just coming through those doors and walking in our den, there's already been a blessing prayed over you. Bless this home and all who enter. But the blessing of the home is so vital. How many, how many families in this country and around this world don't have that blessing in their home? How many families are going through division and fights and quarrels and there's not a blessing in that home? How many families are, are at the point of where dad's not even around anymore or mom has checked out because they are not being a, there's not just a blessing but listen, as a father, the blessing of that father and over that wife and over those children is huge, the blessing. You know, I've asked God, and I don't know how I'm going to leave this world, but I've said to him, I want to bless my family, and I want to put a blessing on them before I leave this world. And I hope they know that. And you know why I want that to happen? Because I see it in the Bible. Every time, every time one of these old dudes is getting ready to die, it says he just pulls all his kids together and he goes to blessing them. And then it says he puts his feet in the bed and he's gone. That's a great way to go, isn't it? You know, bless them, bless them. How else can we be a blessing? In our neighborhoods. I know you might have the worst neighbor ever. You might be going, listen, bad neighbor, terrible neighbor. I can't even think about it right now, church. I was having a blessing and now you have ruined it by just mentioning my neighbor. Okay. Listen. Bless your neighbors. Bless them. Do those things for them that they would not expect. Have you ever gone over and just picked your neighbor's trash up? Have you ever cut their grass when they were down and, and they couldn't do it themselves? You go, I hadn't done that because I don't know them. Well, there you go. You got to know your neighbor. <laughs> You've got to get to know them. It'd be a blessing to them. Find out who they are. You know, we lived in Gwinnett County and, uh, way back when. And I remember when we moved in that neighborhood, we found out that neighbor didn't know that neighbor, and that neighbor didn't know that neighbor, and that neighbor didn't know that neighbor. And we, we found out who they all were. Because we waved at them on our porch. Howdy, y'all. We were the Beverly Hillbillies. The Clampets had moved to Gwinnett. And how y'all doing? And they'd look at us like we were on some type of drug or something. But, but we were friendly, and they weren't used to friendly. They weren't, we were blessing, and they weren't used to blessing. And that says something about a neighborhood, and that says something about a culture. You know, we want to be a community where we bless, where everybody wants to be a part of it because, listen, they want to move there because these people bless and love one another. That's the kind of neighborhood we want to be. 
think, isn't it, Tom Hanks has become uh, the new Mr. Rogers in uh, the neighborhood? Have y'all seen the movie? I don't know. But I know it's coming out. It's a beautiful day in what? The neighborhood. It's a beautiful day. I heard some of y'all singing it. Will you be my seat? Be a friend. Be a blessing. Will you be my friend? How many of us grew up singing with Mr. Rogers and he melt <coughs> he made our hearts feel so warm? Tom Hanks just cannot do what Mr. Rogers has tried to do. But anyway, be a blessing in the neighborhood. Be a blessing in the community. Be a blessing in the workplace. Yes, 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 that workplace can be hard to be a blessing at, but God has placed you there. And if you have been blessed, you are in that workplace to be a blessing. And, of course, at church and in your, in your communities, in your groups, and be a blessing is, is the most important thing. The reason God has blessed us and given us every good and perfect gift which comes from the Father is for us in turn to take that blessing and be a blessing to someone else. That's why. So here's what I'm going to do. Time's up. It was short, but time's up. Here it is. Today is December 1st. We've got 31 days in December. So I've given you a 30-day challenge. All right? I'm challenging you. And I'm going to ask you to join me because I'm not going to just tell you to do it. I'm going to do it too. But for the next 30 days, you're given this assignment. You have to do at least one thing in one of these areas, whether it's at home, whether it's in the neighborhood, the community, your workplace, or church. You've got to do one thing each day to be a blessing in someone else's life. Will you accept that challenge? Some of you are going, that's mission impossible. No, it's not. It is possible through Christ. But I'm going to challenge you. And here's, here's Tammy had the great idea. Because, see, on the, on the last Sunday of this year, which will be on, what, the 29th? Yeah, this, this has five. We're going to do a breakfast that day. And so we're going to, you know, sometimes it, it, it's very relaxed atmosphere, but it's the 29th. That's going to be the day that we're going to report on the blessings that God has been doing through you. So that's going to be a day where we all come together and people are going to begin to share, you know what? Let me tell you about this blessing that happened in my life. You, so, you see why? Because every time we go out to be a blessing to someone else, you know what God does? That God factor kicks in, and the blessing comes right back at you. So I challenge you, and I challenge myself for the next 30 days. Let's be a blessing. Let's pray. Father.